Thanks for joining us at Tips and Trips. It's Julie Lofrady here with Insure My Trip. We have Erica with us, the senior editor over at Cruise Critic, one of our Hello. one of our friends. Hey, Erica. So you guys are really the largest cruise community. I mean, if you are looking to book a cruise, you're on the fence. I mean, you guys have it all. Thousands of reviews. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to the website and you're a first-time okay. cruiser, where should you begin? It really depends on where you are in your process. If you're not sure about whether you want to take a cruise, if it's something you're kind of considering, you're excited about it, you have some concerns, we have articles that talk about, you know, just the basics of cruising. We have an entire section called What to Expect on a Cruise that takes you through the nuts and bolts of anything, everything. If you're looking for, you know, the best family cruise options, the best luxury cruise options, things like that, we have stories on the site. But if you want, if you have questions and you want to talk to real cruisers, we have an entire um, message board section where you can... um, post your questions or read what other cruisers are talking about um, to get a sense of things. We also have ship reviews and cruise line information. So if you're at that level, you know, hey, I saw this um, TV ad about the next new Carnival ship or the next new Royal Caribbean ship, and I want to get more information about that, or, you know, I was I live in Baltimore and Grandeur of the Sea sails here. What is that ship like? You know, you can go and look up reviews both from our team of uh, professionals who whose job it is to to give you know unbiased reviews of the ship or from you know hundreds and thousands of cruisers who have you know been on the different ships um, and can give their experience um, so you can really get kind of a rounded view of, of what people are saying and what to expect. And do you think cruisers are like researchers, you know, like they really want oh, yeah. to do their homework before they commit? <laughs> I, I think I think it depends. There are so many people who are cruisers that we get all types. I know there are some people who are like, my parents want to take us on a cruise and so we're just showing up. Yeah, right. Um, and then there are some people who probably they enjoy the pre-trip planning as much as they enjoy the cruise themselves. And people can book cruises, you know, a year in advance, which gives you all this time to research what you're going to do on board, which restaurants are you going to make reservations for, what are you going to do in port, are you going to book a tour, are you going to go on your own? Um, And we definitely recommend that if you want the best possible cruise experience, that you do do some advanced research. I mean, you don't have to, you know, dedicate all of your free time to it, but you will have a better experience if you research um, what you want to do on board and what you want to do in port and make sure you set things in motion to make sure you're able to do those things because, you know, cruises go to so many amazing places and sometimes it's you know, sometimes you can have a great time just wandering around in port, but other times you really miss out if you don't know what it is you want to see and, and make sure that you see it. Yeah. And I remember uh, last January, uh, Cruise Critic and Insure My Trip, we we kind of collected our, our data together and uh, pinpointed a few weeks out of the year that more travelers prefer to book a cruise. And it turns out it was late January. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that? 
it's cold. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, so, so that that's kind of the flip answer, but it's true, right? I mean, a lot of people book uh, cruises in the winter, and that's twofold. One is that it's cold in a lot of places, and people are dreaming of that mm. Caribbean getaway of of warm sun and and sand and surf and things like that. So it is a a time you know, when people are really thinking about those tropical vacations. But also it's because it's a new year. The holiday season is done. You know, people spend the fall, they're prepping for their Thanksgiving travel or their Christmas or winter break travel. And then that's done. And in, you know, January, February, people are looking. They have this new year ahead. They've got all this vacation time they haven't used yet. Um, They really start to plan for the coming year. And so between those two things, a lot of people start booking their cruises. Um, The industry refers to it as wave season because there's sort of a wave of bookings. Um, And cruise lines know that, and so they offer – they usually make sure that, that they have deals or incentive offers or value adds in place um, to make sure that, you know, people book with them when they are thinking about about this sun and sand getaway. And I think on, on our end, we looked into when people actually buy their travel insurance policies for cruises mm-hmm. and found with the so-called wave season, it seems on our end, it peaks in late January, but it remains strong through about March. And then it kind of, you know, maybe dies down just a little bit uh, mm-hmm. through spring and summer. So, I mean, there's definitely some kind of rhythm there. That uh... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's seen industry-wide. And we would say, and you probably would say this too, right, that we recommend that when people are booking their cruise, they do book um, travel insurance cruises, something that you book far in advance, so you don't know what's going to happen. Um, final payments usually required roughly 90 days before your cruise. It depends on the actual sailing. And so once that happens, you know, you've invested all this money, and then there's several months when things could happen, things could go wrong. Um, so we recommend travel insurance, and we recommend booking it as soon after you book your cruise as possible, um, especially for people with pre-existing medical conditions. Yeah, good tip there, something we always say over and over again. Uh, When it comes to destinations, are you all at Cruise Critics seeing some, I don't know, exotic destinations popping up or some surprise destinations that seem to be building traction heading into 2020? Sure. Um, A couple of destinations that are gaining traction because there is a rise in what we call expedition cruising, which are smaller ships going to more adventurous places, Mm. and those are um, Antarctica and the Arctic. Um, We're also seeing new ships coming out for the Galapagos uh, this year and next year. Um, And so with more of these ships, you know, they're they're ice-classed, which means they have strengthened hulls so that they can um, go to these sort of colder climate uh, areas and with lots of people, you know, with bucket list travel, we're definitely seeing a rise in those. They are not for everyone, right? It, mm. It's not warm. Um, it's more active um, and, you know, you're going to be boarding Zodiacs and full-on winter gear, but you're also, you know, you're seeing icebergs and you're seeing you know, penguins and going to to places that that you never thought you would go to. Yeah. I mean, Um, how else would you possibly explore that part of the world? I mean, it just must be amazing. Exactly. And you really need a ship to do it. I mean, you can't, it's very, I mean, you can 
fly to Antarctica, but you know, if you really want a comprehensive Antarctica vacation and you're not a scientist, you know, a cruise is the way to go. Um, other exotic places, I guess. I mean, Asia is hot right now. Um, Japan especially. I don't know if you consider that exotic, but um, for many people, it's far away um, and a very different culture. So we're seeing a lot of cruise lines going there. And I know last year we talked a lot about river cruising gaining mm-hmm. steam. I uh, are you still seeing a very strong interest in river cruising? Um, I think yes, Viking sure. had, you know, announced new ships and, you know, new ports. So um, and that's really geared for a lot of folks who enjoy the calmer seas, right? Yes. So if you're concerned about seasickness, which many first time cruisers are, uh, a river cruise is excellent because there aren't big waves. <laughs> you're on a river. Um, and also, you're not spending um, a lot of time at sea with a typical cruise. If you're sailing from, say, Miami to the Caribbean, there's going to be at least a day of transit where you're spending the entire day at sea. River cruises are usually not like that. Um, you sail overnight, and you wake up in port, and you're right there, um, and you spend the day exploring, and then you get back on the ship, you know, have dinner, go to sleep, wake up, you're mm, in the next port. Yeah. Um, so it's good for that, and they generally get a slightly older, kind of more retired demographic, but um, the river cruise lines have really been developing their more active options lately. Um, some of them are bringing staff on board to lead both you know, fitness kind of activities on board, yoga, exercise classes, but also in port do hikes and bike rides and things like that. Um, And there are a couple of lines that actually have special cruises that cater to families. So it's like all of cruising. It is no longer just the domain of of retirees. There's really something for everyone. But again, like we always say, you've got to do your research and make sure you're picking the right ship, the right line, the right sailing, the right itinerary for your specific interests. And I know another big one, a lot of cruise lines were adding longer time in port, less at sea. Uh, So that trend will likely continue. Also, technology is a big one. Uh, Internet Mm -hmm. capabilities, new technologies. Anything new coming in 2020? Or are you just seeing better (laughs) Wi-Fi? Better Wi-Fi is really the big thing. Um, Princess Cruises, as you may know, has launched its Ocean Medallion effort, and they continue to roll that out onto new ships. Um, Their Sky Princess, which is debuting at the end of this year, is built with all of their latest technology already incorporated in it, and and you wear these sort of RFID bracelets or um, chips, and you can, I guess, they give them to you on a lanyard, and you can buy accessories to, to wear them in different ways. But they open your door before you get there and they let you, you know, order food or drinks to where you're sitting. And um, let, there are screens on board that let you plot out maps from like where you are on the ship to the next place or to find somebody in your travel party. So it's um, really cool and helpful technology that is, you know, expanding every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it seems as if a lot of cruise lines are really becoming more and more customer centric and figuring out what the needs are and offering enhancements to cruise lines. Yeah, 
um, especially because, you know, historically cruise lines have prided themselves on service. But now we have cruise ships with, you know, 6,000 people on board. So how do you offer good service when you also have so many people? And I think they're using technology to sort of bridge that and make that more possible. Got it. All right. So, Erica, we talked about a lot. Uh, (laughs) What are some of your tips for cruisers that are looking ahead, thinking about where to go in 2020? Um, Let's start with destinations. What are some of your top picks to consider? Well, Caribbean and Alaska are always great destinations. Um, If you've never gone on a cruise, uh, a Caribbean or Bahamas or Mexico, depending on where you live, um, are always a great introductory cruise. They're easy. They leave from a lot of home ports around the U.S., so you don't necessarily have to travel far to get to your cruise to set sail. There's so many itineraries. There's options throughout all the cruise lines. You can really find find something that works for you. You know, Alaska is a great destination for cruising because many of the ports the cruise ships visit aren't easily accessible by land. So you really need a cruise to see them. And then the cruising between them is so scenic. You're in the inside passage. There's, you know, all these beautiful locations around you as you sail. Um, And Alaska is often, you know, a bucket list destination for many people. Um, And it's easy. You can cruise out of Seattle. You don't actually have to fly to Anchorage, though you can. And you can tack on, you know, time to near Denali and things like that on a land tour afterward if that's what you're looking for. But um, you can get to some pretty impressive places you know, just out of Seattle. And that's, that's cool for, for travelers who want that experience, but maybe don't, don't have the budget to, you know, fly to Alaska and do a, you know, a fancy land trip there. And if you're flying in, you know, say we're up in New England, so we're always flying down to Florida Mm -hmm. to get on a port, get on the cruise ship. Do you recommend flying in the day before or a few days prior? Or what's your recommendation as far as getting to that cruise ship on time? Sure. Um, so first of all, you should know that if you're in New England, there are cruises out of Boston and New York and Baltimore and Norfolk. So so just so people realize, not all cruises leave out of Florida. <laughs> you have more options, of course, if you do. But, but know that there may be a cruise port closer than you think. But um, in terms of if you're flying into a cruise, we always recommend you arrive the day before. For because it's air travel. You never know what's going to happen, especially if you're taking a winter cruise, you know, out of a place like New England, you know, is there going to be a blizzard that day that shuts down the airport? Is there going to be a threat of snow? Is there going to be ice? It always makes sense to come in the night before. You can get acclimated, especially if you're doing a very far cruise. You know, if you're flying to Europe or Asia, you know, there might be an overnight flight that gets you in the morning of the cruise, but I wouldn't want to cut it that close. You don't want to miss the ship if something goes wrong. Um, So, you know, fly in the night before, get a hotel near the port. Some hotels will have shuttles to cruise ports so that you can have your transportation taken care of. Um, And then you can really, you know, get a feel for things. If you want to run to the store and pick up something for your trip, you know, the next morning you can do that. And then you can Get on your cruise. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. That's always our recommendation. And finally, if you end up going on the cruise when you come back, 
jump on Cruise Critic and write about your experience. Right, Erica? You do. Please <laughs> do. It helps all the future cruisers um, when they can read an array of different opinions and really get a feel for that ship. All right. Well, thank you so much, Erica, over at Cruise Critic. That's our go-to source for all sorts of cruise information. So thanks again for joining us, and thanks for listening to Tips and Trips. With Insure My Trip, you'll be covered if your dream vacation doesn't go as planned. Insure My Trip always finds the best plans for your trip at the best price. Tell us a few details about your trip, and in seconds, we'll compare thousands of options including trip cancellation and emergency medical coverage. So don't skip on travel insurance. Our experts can help. Get your free quote now 